Three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of AT Talks. We're on topic six. Topic six is returning to sports. Uh, we got four guest speakers today. We got Ed, Chad, Josh, and Bryce. So if you could just very quickly introduce yourself and say where you're practicing or like what field you're in, and we'll go from there. I'm Josh Peterson. I'm out of uh, Washington State in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm in the secondary setting. I'll go next. Uh, this is Chad Gabbard, uh, outreach manager at St. Vincent Sports Performance, Indianapolis. So I kind of manage our outreach athletic training program. Uh, I'm Ed Wozniakiewicz at a Castleton University in uh, Vermont. Tom always laughs when I say my name, uh, which is a small D3 school. Uh, I'm Bryce Weir. My bad, Ed. Okay. No, my bad. I uh, work out of a physical therapy clinic. I'm kind of an outreach manager as well, supervisor. I work for a junior college and partially in the secondary setting. Now, Ed, it is my understanding that you are an athletic therapist. <laughs> That's a joke. That's meant to laugh. It's all sarcasm. All right, so we're talking returning to sports. So um, within the next couple of weeks, athletic trainers across the nation are going to be returning to uh, what we normally do, and that's uh, summer and fall athletics but we're in a different world right now than we were three, four months ago. So what kind of uh, changes do you foresee you're gonna have to implement when you go back to the uh, full-time athletics? Definitely the amount of the facility, you know, um, especially in secondary school, you get those rushes of kids coming in whenever the bell rings or whatever. I mean, how are we gonna manage that? And then they're all going to be waiting outside the door. They're still going to be huddled together. So I don't know how well we'll be able to implement like an appointment time or something of that nature, especially when we're always, you know, in a rush for get everybody in and out. You know? I agree with Bryce. I know we're in that process right now of myself and our two medical directors just <laughs> brainstorming ideas of how we manage the flow of the craziness as all of us know is that school bell rings and and that's going to be hard at I think anybody's school you know our program we range from Carmel High School which you have about 7,000 kids in the high school to a Ron Colley that's a private school that it all varies but it's still the same thing everybody wants to be in the training room to get ready for practice how do you manage that and Who's going to, are we, are we supposed to do temperature checks to go in the training room? Who's doing, I mean, it's a whole bag of stuff that's opening up besides, as Thomas says, not just coolers and water bottles. <laughs> okay. I think we've had may, like maybe 200 people tested in the whole city of Paris, which is kind of crazy because we've had two outbreaks at nursing homes. Um, businesses are still going on and as opening as normal. Uh, what does that look like for us at the school um, in the physical therapy clinic? I know right now all we're really doing is temperature checks and trying to track, you know, everybody that comes into the clinic, whether it's somebody working on our, our pool, anybody that comes in the clinic is getting a temperature check. But how much is that really doing? How effective is that, you know? Yeah. Well, do, you, do you think schools are going to be checking, uh, doing some kind of testing, temperature checking, or like a quick – uh, like a rapid corona test if you know if they can bust those out in the next couple of months i mean 
that's what I've been trying to think of because working at the college setting, it, as soon as the whole student body's on campus, disease is there. I mean, I'll have season for two to three weeks, and some kids will get sick because they're just worn down. But as soon as that first week starts, it's like already uh, colds are popping up, strep throats. So, like, my thing is, like, with temperature checks, I mean, I'll get increased temperatures with anything and everything. Um, and to send them out to just get tested, my thing is the testing's still not great. And, and I mean, at what point is it going to be like, oh, you have a nine, you have a 100 fever. Um, go get tested for COVID. And it's like, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing too is like, with the college setting, which won't happen, which they could do is bring everyone at back two weeks early to do 14 day quarantine and then start up. I, my school couldn't afford it. So that's not what's going to happen because in all honesty, the way that we function is we really can't change. It's, we won't be able to really change how we function. Um, I have 130 guys on my team. Um, and like, yes, during the day when I have rehabs, I can limit, but I mean, I'll get anywhere from 75 to 95 guys coming in the hour before practice. And some of those people are just in there to the foam roll and stretch. And like, even if they were to go, but like when they're in class, they're still on top of each other. And I think, so I think as athletic trainers, we are concerned about <clears throat> the medical aspect, but the other thing is sports aren't going to exist if the schools aren't open. And we can only control what happens during sports and the rest of the day, we have no idea what they're doing, which is eating in the cafeterias and dining halls where they're still going to be right on top of each other. So I think even if we were to put in a bunch of policies, um, we aren't going to prevent anything. <laughs> I mean, we That's can't my, control what they do when they go back to the dorms either, yeah. you know? They're especially at the college setting. They're eighteen plus. Like those kids, if they're gonna, they're all gonna gather. There's yeah. No way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. We we were since our state was one of you know our state was kind of ground zero for the U.S. Unfortunately, we had a lot of the first cases. We're I mean we're not even Thomas. You talked about states are opening up. We're that's not even on our radar here. Our governor's got us locked down to the end of the month, and we're not even out of phase one of his protocol. So um, we've got a while to go, and there have been talks of varsity-only sports, you know, class sizes, 10 to 15 students. Um, so as far as sports, you know, we don't know what it'll look like. And as I stated earlier before we started recording, I'm the only one there with 400-plus athletes. Similar, similar situations that y'all are facing, how we, you know, I live, mine is the, my training room is, you know, almost 12 by 12 room on each side with a wet room <laughs> in the middle. So one door in, you know, one door in, one door out. So I, it's, you know, it's going to be, it's a hot spot in itself without the COVID. Now you got to worry about that and try and keep distance. It's, it's a whole bag of worms in itself. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest concern is, um, we mentioned this earlier before we started recording, was physicals. 
Um, yeah. Some places have, like, I know some states have canceled physicals or using last year's. Um, with our athletes at Castleton, they have to come in a completed physical mm-hmm. from their primary physician back home. My biggest thing is a lot of those offices have been closed because they were only seeing sick patients. So my thing is, like, how – what if we can't get athletes to get into their their – um, doctor's office before they even get on campus because we re- we require their paperwork by August 1st and I know with insurances they, they might not be able to get a physical until after August 1st because they can only get one per year um, so we give them some wiggle room with that as long as they contact us but I'm so that some of the athletes like I'm a fall athlete but I can't get in until October and it's like well figure it out. <laughs> that's always the hardest part huh especially at the college level oh my god and it's like, I I send out letters. We have it, have it everywhere in bottom of our of our um, first page for both returners and um, new athletes. At the bottom it says due by August first, and we have our email and we have our address. And uh, I was looking last year, and August first, I had forty two out of one hundred and thirty football um, <laughs> physicals in. But, um, so, yeah. do you guys, do you guys, because one of our outreach programs we have is an NAIA school. Um, mm-hmm. Do you guys on campus have like a health center on campus, like a nurse and PA or anything like that that can take care of sick students, or do those kids still come to you guys when that happens? Um, so we do have a nurse on campus, not all the time. So the majority of the time our students do come to me and for like gen med stuff, we, we send them to the walk-in clinic for five minutes off campus. We so. do the same, um, at the junior college, we don't even have, I'm not even a full-time athletic trainer technically there, but cause I get, I get there every day at one o'clock or maybe a little bit earlier. And so we don't have a nurse. We don't have much of anything. And I'm the one always getting those phone calls trying to get them to the gen, general doctor or anything of that nature. That's one thing we were talking about in our setting, too, is all of us, right? Anybody that's sick or doesn't feel well. Hey, Josh, I'm coming in the training room and telling you, hey, man, I think I don't feel good. <laughs> now, yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that's the unfortunate doing? thing is every single time someone's co- going to come in not feeling well, we're all going to get uptight. Yeah, and well, the only option is going to be to send them home, yeah. regardless of what they're feeling. Which I mean, the majority of the time when an athlete came to me in the first place being sick, it's like, well, you feel crappy enough not to practice, go home. Yeah. Well, well and how, I want, how many are going to go use ahead. it as an excuse now, too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think I might. And I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't experience that a ton at the junior college, just because. You know, they're all either on scholarship or they're fighting for a position. Yeah. I have seen a little bit of a difference in stuff of that nature at the high school versus, you know, junior college. But Oh, yeah. And I wonder how conservative we're, we're really going to have to get. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone comes in with a cough, go home. Why are you in school? Why are you going to practice? Like, you know, coaches at that point are going to be down our throat, you know, trying to keep everybody practicing and everything else. I hate to say that, but 
I mean, well, yeah, and, and that's our our superintendent and our governor have said, you know, being in a secondary setting, if someone comes in, if the kid reports, hey, my grandma went and got tested, they shut the whole school down for at least three days. So as an athletic trainer, if a kid comes to me and coaches there, you know, is a coach going to say, do you have to report it? If he's not sick, if you even if you report it, we have to worry, hey, I tell my AD, the AD shuts the whole school down. And now that next two weeks of games are all shut down because this kid may or may not, you know, it's it's like the pushing with injuries. Like if you got a rolled ankle, how fast can you get him back? Do we have to report it? You know, you start opening that up as well. Well, even if you're on the more liberal side and the school district said, hey, we need a positive test to close. So if a kid has a positive test or a teacher and, you know, besides an athlete or a coach, then is the school closed for two weeks? Are sports closed for two weeks? So what we're looking at here, that's what they've told us, that they is potentially what it's looking like. Well, not even that. Like what if an away team comes in the next day we find out, oh, they had somebody test positive? Yeah. Yeah. What happens to our school? going to be interesting too what the schools how they educate their students and parents and um just how they you know because heck i think all of us <laughs> probably all of us have worked as we've been sick and not feeling well <laughs> I think oh, yeah. been, especially when we're the only person at the school thomas josh i'm sure bryce has done it that's probably done it i've done it um where you know like some of those places it's like well if josh isn't at school after school who's taking care of his kid you know it's it's just yeah it's like, that's the, like fall and summer that that's football right so uh we sent out 75 helmets and are the helmet reconditioning people essential or have they been closed the last couple of months so are, are we going to even get our equipment back in time <laughs> Or, is, you know, is there 300 schools that Zenith lined up right now and they got 5,000 helmets to repurpose <laughs> and mail them yeah. out? <laughs> the other thing, too, along those lines with worrying about equipment is, is budget. Like, how many schools are going to have decreased budgets? And I know in the earlier conversation, you talked about, like, what if your school mandates you have PPE, so now you're spending $700 on PPE. That could be someone's entire budget. I know my, my my boss and I have talked about getting a sideliner um, tent for our stadium uh, because our stands are right on top of us. Right now, we're in a spending freeze. Um, that might be on put on. That's been put on hold for now. But who knows if we're going to be able to have that conversation? Um, and the other thing is, when we are able to spend money and there's no more freeze, will we be able to get our hands on everything, or is it going to be a mad rush, and we're going to be waiting for stuff on back order? Because I, there are a lot of schools in our situation where they're not able to do anything, and I have a feeling it's all going to be <laughs> opened July 1st with a new fiscal year, and everyone's just going to be jumping down every roads to try and get equipment. Especially like Medco and Alert and all those guys, you know. Mm -hmm. Have a so in in my state, they've discussed the possibility of moving football to spring and baseball to fall because it's less contact or less congestion. Um, 
So that's on, you know, that's on the front burner. Have any of y'all states talked about moving sports around? Not that I know of. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I was, I was in a meeting with my AD and she's been in these big zoom meetings with ADs across Indiana. And she said it's been mentioned, but it, it's, it's like a 0% chance, but it's been mentioned. So there are someone thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, the rumor mill is that college football may go spring. Um, for my school, I, that would be not devastating, but it would be really difficult for us to move that because I don't think we'd move anything to the fall. Because I have a feeling it would be one of those, like, nothing's going to be played in the fall. Um, yeah. And just push everything back. At the big D1 schools, especially those Power Fives, it might make sense because they have the money, they can do that, plus the amount of money they draw in for mm-hmm. the AA. I mean, so I don't, I don't think at smaller divisions, at smaller Division One schools either, they have the um, the resources to be able to handle something like that. And then the other thing I have is like, if there is spring football and they're going to change it back to fall, like how's that? How's that going to work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, back to back. Chad, I got a question for you. You're yes, in a sir. position where you have uh, a lot of contracts and a lot of schools and a lot of athletic trainers in the company. Is your company even in the position to uh, have the athletic trainers to fill all those contracts uh, July first? So is it going to be a mad rush to get people? Well, right now we've been blessed that we haven't had to let anyone go. Um, We have one opening at one of our middle schools. So that's kind of my burning issues, trying to make sure I get that filled with somebody sooner than later so we can get them up to speed with what we're trying to do instead of, you know, three days before school starts or something like that. Um, So Right now, we're pretty comfortable with stuff. I just, you know, as we all sit here and talk about stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, especially in Indiana, like if we do have some sort of hybrid start to the school year, what does that mean for athletics? Because my wife's a teacher and she's getting, you know, they're talking to them all the time about hybrid situations of maybe half the school goes on Mondays and Wednesdays and something goes Tuesdays and Thursday. I mean, it's just all up in the air. I think everybody's just trying to figure out what looks good and can operate. Cause I agree with Ed a hundred percent. It's like when we get back to school, <laughs> I mean, those kids walking down the hallway in between class periods, I mean, it's, they're, they're straight on top of everybody. And then you go to the cafeteria where you have, 500 people or whatever it is in the cafeteria. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. that stuff's totally out of our control. And then Mm -hmm. we get them after school and (laughs) to everybody, you know, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, We're kind of, we're kind of up in the air right now because it just so happens that all of our contracts are like up for renewal this year. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's it's been tough trying to figure out what we're doing. And um, at, at the physical therapy clinic, we haven't had the workload to be able to keep our athletic trainers at the time being. So they're all for load at the moment. And uh, he's slowly bringing them back, you know, as we have a little bit more of that patient load. But 
what happens when some of our contracts get renewed or one doesn't or, you know, and so it's been a, it's been fun trying to handle all of that at the time. Cause we don't even know what the fall looks like, you know, yeah. yeah. Some they commit the money. Yeah. And, and my concern with athletic trainers put on furlough, especially those directly at schools um, where like, are they going to be told, Hey, uh, you're back to work. And then three days later, Athletes are showing up to play. Yeah, just like <laughs> like working seventy-two hours straight, checking in. We we've got yeah we I mean in my in my league we've got six athletic trainers, uh, four of which are hired through clinics like Chad and, and Bryce mm-hmm. are, and so they've all been furloughed already. And so when do they get brought back? And we've got one who's hired through a district, but her district has to make a $12 million budget cut. And so I'm the only one that's very blessed and kind of Chad said, I'm very blessed to have my position, but what that going to look like, are they going to be back full time? Like they were, are they going to be back Friday nights at games? So, you know, trying to figure that out on top of everything else is, is tough. Cause Thomas, what is, what is your group said to you? Um, they actually just, they called me like a week ago and I didn't answer and they left a voicemail. They're like, Hey, uh, we're just calling to see how you're doing. Uh, there's no update. So, uh, there's, there's no update. Uh, the earliest, they put me on an eight week, uh, they called it TARP, but it's, it's a fancy way to say furlough. And that started April 5th. So that was supposed to go April 5th, the uh, first week of June or something, April, May, June. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I, I got no idea. And we're chronically understaffed as it like I've been with the company for two years and each year we've had two, three positions in. and then you go and furlough half of your staff and the athletic trainers that would normally graduate and take the BOC to become, you know, athletic trainers, they're not taking those BOCs. So it's like where are you gonna find these people from if you traditionally have a hard time enticing them to come to Northwest Indiana in the first place? Yeah. I think I think one of the other other big things that needs to be addressed personally is reconditioning and reacclimatization of these athletes. I mean, doesn't matter if you're at a D three. It's you know some of these kids haven't done anything since end of football season in 2019. So, and then imagine if they're coming off an injury and they missed the 2019 season and now they haven't done anything in you know 11, 12 months. So I know Pac-12 out here has said they were, they were pushing to require six weeks before they allow a football team to compete. But is a high school committee going to give, you know, a state that many weeks to get kids ready? And, and that's, what's, that's what's nice about being at the collegiate level because the NCAA will hand out something and they already have – kind of put out some stuff so it makes it easier for us to be like you have to do this the NCAA. yeah where the high schools it can vary depending what the districts want what the and what the state allows um so yeah that's a big concern um i know we got a couple minutes left i think the other thing yeah, we got a, we got a little over a minute and a half oh okay so Quickly, I just wanted to say with, with, I think, one of those things where people don't like cleaning at the end of the day, um, <laughs> like we have policies and protocols, we do clean, but I think we're going to start seeing a ramp up and making sure every surface is touched. Mm-hmm. 
with yep. Wizard, Cavicide, Bleach Water Mix, whatever. You Those in our spray pumps. Everclear. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, Everclear. <laughs> also, I, think I think that's a thing too. Is we talked about here is like, are, are we going to make sure we're all on board with our custodial staffs at all of our schools too? That they're helping and doing the things that we don't have the tools to do in the training. I mean, we can, you know, are they coming in every night to clean the floors and doing all that stuff? So that's another thing too. We've got to make sure that everybody's on the same page when we move forward when everybody comes back. Yeah. And I'm really fortunate in that because a lot of times when I come in for early morning practice, they're just finishing up and they, they do it nightly, which is great, which is one last thing. But my other thing is like when you do have those mad rushes of athletes, are you going to be able to, are you going to be like, don't go on that table. I have to wipe it. I have to clean it first, then go. <laughs> yeah. I have to wipe after every person touch after every ankle you tape and after every face wrap you put on. Yeah. And are you going to be wearing a glove and a mask? You know, like changing the gloves and the, or the gloves. No yeah. one knows. Yeah. A lot of questions. Freaky, right? Yeah. Crazy. Well, any second we're going to get kicked out, but I appreciate all of you coming on to talk about returning to sports. And hopefully I can see a couple of you in the Wolfpack talks this week or next week or whenever. Great. But, uh, Take care, boys. Take care. Thanks, Tom. Bye, guys. See you guys. Yeah.